otherworldly interference with our nation's military in the shape of little green men, I think it's time as a collective human race that we ask ourselves, what does Pedro Pascal know that he's not telling the rest of us? Everything. I think it's pretty suspicious that The Last of Us ended when a fungus that couldn't be cured by regular medicine came on the rise. Right. A little suspicious there. Yeah. Very good uh, HBO uh, marketing. Pretty good marketing right there for healthcare, that's for sure. But do we want to get into this right now? What, our murdering fungus? Yeah, because I've got some dissuading information about the so-called okay so we're gonna get into murdering fungus bears versus robots i think that sounds like a perfect day to me right all right so i'm stan (laughs) i'm ashley this is strange shenanigans and i believe in unicorns of course she does all right so (laughs) on the on on the fungus note right okay so with every other medical thing ever you know Right off the bat, it's just panic porn. I'm obsessed with this fungus. Panic porn. It's fascinating to but me. But do you want to know the reality of it? Okay. So, oh, the super fungus, which is in Nevada, mostly, um, they're saying that uh, it's it's next global health threat, but to me it's just product placement for HBO. It totally could be. And if you've so, been following this fungus like I have, you, you already know that it's like nothing to panic yeah. about. So, Candida auroris is a microscopic yeast strain. Yummy. Dying yeast infection. Dying yeast. <laughs> yep. And uh, it, it kills up to one-third of people it infects. But, here's the kicker. The people it infects are people who are already morbidly ill. We should also touch base on how you can get this fungus it's not like i can just go take a walk you know around to the street and all of a sudden catch it or someone comes up to me and makes out with me and then i have this diane yeast infection (laughs) yeast infection so uh yeah uh out of uh 384 cases uh in nevada this year with no cases existing before 2021, 359 in California, and 349 in Florida. So, but it's said widely that no healthy people do not get sick from this. Well, we can't really get sick from this, too, because the most common way to catch this fungus is in the hospital. Yes. In the tubes. There's only been... One strain that they claim, one cluster that has been detected with no no known links to hospitals, and uh, the the uh, doctors they reached out to said that that could absolutely not be confirmed because there's not real evidence to support that yet because they haven't investigated it further far enough. Right, and it was in Nevada where the outbreak already was. Right, exactly. And I've been following this fungus since the day the first news article released because I've been a Google alert since. We started watching The Last of Us for Deadly Fungus. Yeah. And then this pops up, and of course, I've been obsessed with this. And the first article ever of somebody catching and then dying from this was somebody who is really ill in the hospital, and it's in the tubes that they use. Yep. 
So you can only clean those so much. Again, I mean, any little bit of it. I mean, it's a tube in your body. So any little bit of fungus, bacteria, yeast, whatever it is that gets in, of course, is going to go straight to so, you. Yeah. Well, it only it, takes it, it, one it, mistake. It wouldn't matter in reality whether it was a fungal infection or a regular infection. If it's inside that tube, it's an infection in a morbidly sick person right. who's going to be so killed it by just, it. So it just makes it yeah. way worse. It exacerbates the problem. And it's horrible. Big word of the day. That's why I don't go to hospitals. Right? Hospitals I are swear, I, they carry more stuff than my disgusting house. So the breakdown of this is, in reality, it's just the medical system trying to murder you again and profit from it. And you'll be okay. Yeah, you should be fine. Everything will be fine. I mean, look at COVID. Right. In the end, right. we were okay. I like that they said an official date in the hospitals for when COVID is over. Yes, we now have yeah. an official date where the federal mandate's over. Because all you federal employees followed the mandates, right? <clears throat> yeah. So... Right. <laughs> but we'll all be okay. In all the right. end. On to more exciting stuff. Way more exciting stuff. So you've got some scary bears. Yeah, we, I got some bear stories. I got one massive bear story that we might get to. We might not. Did you talk about our bear? Our bear? Yeah. Oh, the, what happened to us? Yeah. Okay, so we were uh, out for our anniversary. In the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. Where in, were we? Uh, where was it? It was green. Greenville. It's Greenville, Greenville, but like where? Yeah. He was so romantic. He said he was going to take me to a waterfall. Yeah. I never it? saw the waterfall. No, we didn't get that far. <laughs> it was, uh, I can't remember what the waterfall's called. I don't know. Yeah, but the waterfall is unimportant to the story. So we're hiking down this dirt trail, and uh, we had our youngest daughter with us because nobody wants to watch a tiny, angry baby, when even if it is your anniversary. <laughs> and so Ashley's carrying the baby. And we're walking down this trail, and then Bias in the dark woods goes whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Oh. And we're like, what was that? And then out so ahead fast. of us, about 50 feet away, where the tree line ended in a clearing. He says 50 feet. I swear it was closer. <laughs> the, this big black bear turns its head around the corner of a tree to look down the trail at us. She was, her head was huge. Yeah. It was the biggest animal head I've seen in my life. So Ashley starts backing <laughs> off with the baby and I'm sitting there pulling out my teeny tiny 38 <laughs> special revolver, <laughs> which was one of the biggest regrets I have is taking that tiny doofus gun into the woods with me in the first place. It would have just pissed off mom. Exactly right. <laughs> but you, you, and, you and the baby would have gotten away though. <laughs> The only reason the bear acted so weirdly was because there was a bunch of cubs there were that were right behind her. She had babies herself. Because she peeled off away from us immediately, and the babies followed her. Ugh, and we bolted. Mm -hmm. I don't run, but I tried to run that day. Right? Yeah, it was impressive. <laughs> all right, so for for some outstanding bear stories, uh, they're all they all end violently. Just so we're you're all welcome. Aware. Yep. Right, and. Uh, Montana, 1967, Glacier National Park. Two young women in separate attacks were both murdered by the same bear. The uh, the first one, they were both attacked in the same night. And uh, the only one that we have a real story of is uh, this lady. Her last name was Helgeson. And uh, because someone was with her, she awoke in the middle of the night uh, to a grizzly bear sleeping at 
sniffing at the foot of her sleeping bag. And so she tried to play dead, as is suggested by all the geniuses out there. And uh, that did nothing. The bear was like, oh, it's already dead. I'm going to bite right into this thing. Mm. So it grabbed right a hold of her ankle through the sleeping bag. Yeah, bears are scavengers. And as her friend watched without able to do anything, because she was a small hundred And as a grizzly bear. Woman, uh, as it grabbed her, yanked her off into the woods, Jeez. and disappeared. She was later found badly injured and died of her wounds. Oh, that's horrible. Right. What are you supposed to do for your friend if a grizzly bear comes in any scenario? It's really, I mean, like, the only thing I know of is you got to make yourself big and make a lot of noise. That's your only chance. But a grizzly bear is so big, it's not going to give a shit. It's a grizzly bear. That might work against a black bear like up here in Maine where right? they're not that big. Like what was your poor friend supposed to do anyway? I don't know. Oh, right in the dead man. of night wrapped up in your little human burrito bag. Yeah, just setting it up. Right. Ooh. All right, so we have uh, Laird River, uh, Hot Spring, British Columbia. A black bear attacked a mother and son. Mm. Uh, the uh, 13-year-old boy attempted to defend his injured mother, uh, fighting off the bear with a stick as a uh, hiker rushed to uh, assist the son. The son was cut across the throat oh. as the incoming rescuer fought the bear, tumbling down a hillside oh. where... Mr. Kitchen, who was the hiker who tried to save the two of them, was found dead afterwards. His name was Kitchen? Yeah, but he's a fucking badass because he charged full bore into a bear attack to protect a woman and a kid. I like the irony, Mr. Kitchen's a fucking hero. Uh, the, The boy was the only one who survived. So Mr. Kitchen's efforts saved the, the boy's life. But, uh... Not long after that, another man was attacked by the bear, which survived the roll off the, the hillside. Jeez. And uh, two nearby hunters in a parking lot ran out and shot it and killed it. Man. Poor bear. There's, Poor uh, there's a lot of... Uh, when I was reading, I couldn't really pick one polar bear attack because apparently they're on such a huge rise right now. Which is blamed on global warming, but you got to think. Makes sense. A lot of it's also probably got to do with uh, with the our advancements in technology, the survivability further into like what used to be considered desolate territory. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that once they find a supply of food, like someone's constant trash, they're <laughs> probably not going they're... far from it. When the other option is to hop along icebergs hunting friggin' seals. Yeah, they're gonna stick around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. We have, like, a lot of black bears. We do, but you don't hear... There's not many attacks, especially by black bears. Uh, most of the, the, like, really, truly devastating attacks you hear about, in America at least, are, are by grizzlies and brown bears. I think I've only seen a bear like twice in all my years in Maine. Yeah, we yeah. Can't, I feel like we have like an times. understanding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they want not going to bother you. you, and you're not going to bother me. And if you bother me, I'm going to leave right. and let you do your thing. <laughs> for bears. So, what do you got for us with robots? I got robots. So robots are terrifying, as as we all know. I've been terrified of robots forever. I mean, did iRobot not teach us anything? 
But AI is on the rise. <clears throat> you know, I don't think there's any way around it. I mean, I can avoid it as much as I want. I'm doing pretty damn good, but it's on the rise. It's everywhere. Yep. And our whole uh, new chat bots. Everybody, I feel like everyone but me has tried this chat bot feature. Have you tried the chat bot no, stuff? No, I have. I haven't tried no any of it yet. It. Um, the very few things that I've read like locally about chatbots is how they're getting like all the information wrong yeah and i'm greatly enjoying that i'm having a lot of fun the fact that i'm smarter than a robot i'm gonna enjoy that while i can <laughs> a robot that has the depth of the internet to pull its information and from. it's still wrong <laughs> yeah that's fun but um when your ai robot gets scared guess what it does what it becomes more racist <laughs> Typical. <laughs> it's the patriarchy at work again. Well, don't get me started on that. But yes, yeah. So uh, when your robot researchers from uh, Max Planck Institute for Biological Cybernetics, they're investigating the responses of their GPT robot, and it's it's has more prejudices and acts less exploratory when. It was supposed to talk about negative emotions, such as fear. <laughs> so, when you have your robot, like, talk about fear or what scares you, robot, I just, I don't know, becomes a raging racist. Wow. So, apparently the chatbot <laughs> is, is a... Uh... Is a seventy-year-old so white dude, <laughs> right? Like it's like, funny, so like, but when it's you ask not him what upsets funny. him, it's like, oh, them kids playing basketball all day long. It's 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 funny, but it's not funny. Like, it's hilarious to think about. But so this is my thing. Um, they're trying to re. They have to start a new research with these robots, and it's called mis machine psychology. And they're, they're, this is, they just started it within like the past few months because of this issue. Because apparently this isn't the first time it's happened, which just seems crazy to me. That is nuts. But um, it's having this emergent behavior and they don't really know what to do with it. So they have to test hypothesis about what, how they think the robot's going to ask and then try to get it under control in these circumstances. These are their words, under control. And we've all heard the stories of the robots saying that, like, they want to end human race and how Alexa and I don't know, what's the other one? Like, Google Home or whatever fought yeah. with each other. We've all heard those stupid stories. So it's not surprising to me. But well, I do have an issue with these uh, racist robots. Well, we all have issues with racist robots, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but my biggest issue, I should say, with that is because we are recording at our Heroes Military Museum. And, um... Technology hasn't always been our friend yeah. to the other races or other groups because IBM cooperated with our uh, third ret. So IBM actually helped the Nazis yeah. quite a bit. And they actually used, at the time, their data technology that they had then. So IBM had was reading people's data at the time even in you know the 40s giving the information to the nazis to more easily find people and round up minorities this was their this was their i don't know break into the technology world when you think about it yeah so technology ibm was the biggest name really got their start from using their high-tech stuff 
to help the Nazis find Jews in Germany. And now we have this huge just burst of technology and it's becoming racist. Well, it makes you think too. And <laughs> with, with all the modern prejudices in society and, you know, the, the complete division of people, you know, everywhere, it's an international thing, division on race, which is, you would think in 2023 would be insane. But how are we, you know, qualified to make sentient robots that think for themselves based on the information that has been collected when most of human history is we've always, racist? Yeah, we've always been racist or prejudiced. We've always been, you know, undermining or trying to stop someone from doing something at all times. A large group of someone's, a large group of people. So now that we have these robots that, you know, we're training to have emotions and to help people and to take away healthcare jobs and stuff, now they're they're having their own prejudice. We have technology with their own prejudices. Yeah. Is that something we really need? Is no, this, no, no. Don't we people have it under control? Why are we going to give it to machines? Yeah. That's what's deeply concerning me. So that's that's my one AI versus the bears, right? Which is I don't know which is scarier when you get into the scheme of things. I don't Think know. I robot but racist. And then, you know, bears attacking you on a hike. Right. It's like kind of our comparison right there. Right. It's a little terrifying. So I do have one bear that's definitely scarier than robots. Alright. Right. Can he read your mind? He cannot, but uh, AI he, well, can. he almost could. Okay, so it was is called the Sangbetsu Brown Bear Incident. Right. Okay, so this uh, took place from December 9th to 14th in 1915 when a Usuri Brown Bear woke from hibernation and repeatedly attacked houses in Hokkaido, Japan, killing at least seven settlers. Jeez. All right. Uh, mid-November 1915, the uh, Usuri brown bear appeared first to the Akita family. Uh, about They lived about 11 kilometers inland from the west coast of Akito. And uh, the surprise encounter prompted the family horse to panic. Aww. The bear fled after taking only a bunch of corn... And since it was a newly settled part of Japan, it wasn't surprising that the wildlife to interact with bears and wildlife like that. Okay. But on November 20th, the bear reappeared. uh, And so worrying about the horse's safety, uh, the the guy of the the head of household of the Akita family uh, brought the horse in and uh, called his, his son and two other villagers to come help him guard. But uh, when the bear finally reappeared on the 30th, they took a shot at it, failed to kill it. (laughs) And uh, the next morning, followed it, found footprints and blood, but could not find the bear. Eek. So they figured that, you know, we scared it off. It's not coming back. We're good. But little did they know, starting... The bear came back in December, very hungry, and Peeling so, uh, corn. Uh, yeah. So the bear 
shows back up in the dead of night and uh, attacks the first household. Just all the people? Uh, the Miyoki family house um, was attacked. And as uh, people raced to rescue the survivors when they got into the house, they found nobody alive. Oh. Everybody was dead. So, but the the bear, when they got there, was still inside the house. So two guardsmen, or two groups of guardsmen, separated uh, with some of them at the front door, which was the only logical escape for the bear, or the front window that it had come through. And then guys at the back of the house who started banging on the house trying to scare it out of the building. Eesh. And as soon as it launched this giant bear launched itself out of the building um every guardsman realized that every other guardsman was in his way and he would shoot the guy on accident if they actually fired so they did not not get the bear and the bear escaped in the into the woods and they uh even after giving chase they had to give up after a while oh boy uh a second home was attacked um, leaving uh, a bunch of family members injured. And uh, so then they uh, went out to find a professional hunter. His name of Yamamoto Haikichi. Okay. <laughs> and they, uh, he came uh, to look for the bear, and he actually knew the bear not by name, Kasage. And... Uh, so he decided he was going to actually hunt down this bear and find it. Um, he he went with uh, the uh, guardsmen out looking multiple times to no avail till they decided that the bear was only going to come back if there was a person to eat. So they moved Jeez. against the will against the 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 pleas of the family members. They moved some of the dead bodies. Oh. Out into the open yeah, to try and roar the bear back in, as everybody else in town hid inside the schoolhouse for mm-hmm. like this entire time. But when they did that, the bear did not come back to that house. It attacked another house and oh. murdered more people. Um, so when they heard that the bear was attacking, they took off after it once again to no avail. So, um, let's see. It's awful. Gross. So, after it had ended in failure, obviously, (laughs) by December 13th, a search team discovered that the bear had ransacked the Ota family's house. It had eaten all the winter food um, and had, at this point, damaged at least eight houses in, in in the region. It uh, it wasn't scared of anybody at this point, and the police were, were even yeah. able to find its tracks and follow it downstream. He's top of the food chain. And they got to the point where or they decided that to break up the entirety of the stream, but one bridge of ice, so that the, it was the only place the bear could really cross, and set snipers out for it. And the snipers waited there, waiting and waiting, until they saw something moving in the opposite tree line, 
And they called out to it with no reply, so they all shot. And? And they hit it, but they didn't kill it once again. <laughs> they just made it more mad. Mm-hmm. Oh. So on December 14th, they went out. They found the bear's footprints in blood. And it had once again been wounded. Uh, but with a snowstorm coming in, it was threatening to wipe out all traces of it and it was going to vanish again. Right. So Yamamoto and one other man went out to track the bear together by themselves. So Yamamoto uh, tracked the bear down on, uh, to a, this little outcove and underneath a, a Japanese oak tree. And he got within 20 meters of it, shot it once in its heart, and shot it a second time in the head, killing it. Oh, jeez. When measured, this bear was 749 pounds. Oh, wow. 8.85 feet tall. Holy. When they did the necropsy on it, because they were afraid it was more than one bear, it turned out it was not. It was the one bear, because... Body parts from every person oh, were inside of its yuck. stomach. Wow. Enough to feed the whole village. Yeah, but not something you want to eat. Nobody wanted to eat it. <laughs> so, uh, Yakawa Hiroyoshi, who was seven years old and the son of the village mayor at the time, who, who, uh, he grew up to be a prolific bear hunter. <laughs> I guess he was influenced and a little bit. He had oathed wow. as a kid to kill ten bears for every person who was murdered by this bear. Oh. And uh, uh, in 1980, after an eight-year chase, he had hunted down and killed a 500-kilogram bear. That's almost twice the weight of the first bear. Wow. That had been violently attacking people and was nicknamed the North Sea Tarot. Jeez. Yeah. That's a big bear. Yeah. So, but uh, he, the, the same son also built a uh, place of prayer so that people could go there and pray for uh, the people who were lost and murdered by the oh, bear. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. Wow, that's a... But he's a little bit scarier than, you know, a chatbot. It's not chatbots. They're reading your minds now. I know, but the bear's still creepier. That, bears yeah. wins. He was always one step ahead. Yeah. Well, maybe a bear wins this one, but I don't think... I don't think they're always going to win this one. No, maybe not. No. Is that all we got tonight? Yes, that's all we've got tonight. Okay. May the robots not take your job, but they will take about 700,000. Right, and may the bears not drag you out of your sleeping bag. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> this has been Strange Shenanigans. You can find us at Spotify. And don't forget to find us on Patreon if you want a t-shirt, because we have those, and you know you want one. I'm Stan. I'm Ashley. Have a good night, folks. See you on the strange side.